Welcome to the Poultry Health Today podcast, where we talk all health, all the time. Here, engaging interviews with today's leading industry experts. Hosted by Poultry Health Today editors, podcast episodes highlight the latest ideas, insights, and advice to improve poultry health, welfare, performance, and food safety. I'm Megan Feeks with Poultry Health Today. Joining us is Dr. Mark Jackwood from University of Georgia to discuss a very hot topic in both poultry and people. Dr. Jackwood, let's talk about coronaviruses. Glad to be here. I'd love to talk to you about some coronaviruses. It's, it's all fresh on our minds right now, I think. Now, coronaviruses are nothing new to the poultry industry. You've been dealing with them in the form of infectious bronchitis for decades. So based on that experience, what is the single most important thing that the poultry industry's experience with coronaviruses can teach us about the control of coronaviruses in humans? We can actually learn quite a bit. I think the most important thing that we know about the avian coronaviruses, and particularly now infectious bronchitis virus in flocks of broilers and and layers, is that uh, biosecurity, no matter how good it is, is not sufficient to control avian coronaviruses in, in commercial poultry. We need to vaccinate. And it has to be a combination of, of vaccination as well as biosecurity in order to be able to uh, effectively control the disease. So same, I think, is holding true for this uh, coronavirus we have in people now, COVID-19. Uh, I think we've seen early on that uh, just wearing masks and social distancing was not enough. The virus continued to spread. Uh, and then when we started to vaccinate, uh, we saw the cases come down. So that combination of vaccination and uh, using masks and social distancing, our, our version of biosecurity, if you will, uh, is what is going to be effective against COVID-19 as well. And when we think about the future of COVID vaccination in humans, do you think that it's going to be a situation like 1639 with infectious bronchitis and poultry where we're using not just one vaccine, but multiple different strains to achieve some level of cross protection? Or do you think it's going to be more like the flu where we just have to periodically update the vaccines? It seems to me like it's going to go more the route of flu, where we're going to have a, a, a seasonal variant or a variant that pops up every you know, other year or so, and then we'll tweak the vaccines to be able to uh, have the best protection against that new variant, whatever it may happen to be. So I, I suspect we'll be getting our, our COVID shot along with our flu shot every fall for a while yet. Something we've been hearing about are efforts to develop a universal vaccine for COVID that would target a conserved or a stable part of the virus while still being effective against other variants. Really nice idea. Seems like this is something that's uh, quite far away in the distance. Are you aware of any efforts to develop something similar for poultry? Well, there's been a lot of efforts over the years to develop uh, something similar for poultry. A universal vaccine against the avian coronaviruses uh, would be outstanding if we could make it work. Uh, we've tried several different approaches and based uh, on our findings, we've not been able to, to get a universal vaccine yet. I think that uh, the technology that we're working with probably isn't uh, conducive to a universal vaccine uh, for bronchitis virus. It's going to take some new technology. Um, maybe it's the messenger RNA vaccines that we can tap into for poultry if they get 
cheap enough and we can figure out a way to deliver them. We're entering a new stage of the pandemic where the virus is essentially endemic. We're seeing fewer cases of less severity. Life is slowly returning to something sort of like normal in a lot of different places. So what does this mean for us? Does this mean that we can let our guard down? Or how do we stay on top of this thing going forward? Well, we never want to let our guard down. Um, I think that just about the time we assume that we know what this virus is going to do and, and how it's going to uh, cause disease is always a surprise. Um, so we always want to be vigilant in what is uh, circulating out there in the human population. And we want to try to stay ahead of that with our vaccines. And I think, you know, fully vaccinated individuals, uh, we are uh, at a point where I think that we can uh, pretty much go about our normal routines again, uh, understanding that that risk is still there of getting infected, of getting sick, uh, but the likelihood that there's going to be severe illness, which requires hospitalization uh, and even you know the worst death, uh, is probably not very likely in a healthy, fully immunized individual at this point. So what you're describing is consistent with something we're hearing a lot about these days, which is learning to live with COVID. Do you think that's something that we humans are going to have to learn to do? And if so, what does that really mean? And I guess my, my personal thoughts and based on my experience and background is that we're going to have to live with this virus. I don't think we're, it's not going to go away. Uh, even you know, with fully vaccinated individuals, uh, they can still get infected, they can carry the virus, they can spread it to other people. We always have the threat of a new variant emerging, uh, just like we do with infectious bronchitis virus. And I think that, you know, if you wanna draw a, a scenario, it would be very similar to what we see with uh, flu. You know, we see people that get sick from flu every year. We see uh, deaths from flu every year. We uh, try to vaccinate and do the best that we can uh, to encourage people to get vaccinated every year against influenza. Um, I think that we're going to be doing the same thing with, with this coronavirus. And to close the interview by turning the tables a little bit, what is it that we've learned from COVID that can be applied to the control of coronaviruses in poultry? You know, the surprising thing for me was the, the effectiveness of the messenger RNA vaccines. Um, we tried using uh, nucleic acid vaccines in poultry uh, and we got partial protection when we did those experiments, but not nearly as good as the protection that we see with the messenger RNA vaccines in humans. So that was a surprise for me. And I'm very thankful that they actually did work as well as they did. Uh, that's great for us. Uh, and with that platform, since it's so easy to make modifications to the vaccine and uh, make a new batch, uh, obviously gearing up takes some time, but we can respond fairly quickly to new variants with these particular vaccines. The downside for poultry at this point is that the, those vaccines need to be injected and they need to be injected more than one time. As, as you've seen, most of the you know, folks that are fully vaccinated have gotten two doses plus a booster. Um, if we're gonna have to inject all our chickens three times, that's just not gonna work with, uh, with a coronavirus vaccine. So maybe uh, I'm hopeful that there's some technology out there that will eventually um, be brought to bear on these uh, vaccines in this particular problem with poultry where we can mass vaccinate using these messenger RNAs and get good protection against uh, the avian coronaviruses in our birds. 
Thanks for listening to the Poultry Health Today podcast. To get the latest news and interviews delivered to your inbox twice a week, subscribe to our e-newsletter by visiting poultryhealthtoday.com slash join. 